take off on an out-of-this-world adventure as we sit down with Ali Taylor, a senior project leader in the human exploration and space flight division at the Aerospace Corporation. From inspiring childhood dreams of space exploration to the captivating reality of shaping NASA's Artemis missions, Ali's career is a testament to the power of determination and a love for the cosmos. You won't want to miss it. This is Career Chats with Katie and Robin. Welcome, Allie. We are so excited to have you on Career Chats today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. To begin, why don't you tell us what you do and what does a typical day on the job look like? Sure. I am a space systems engineer. I'm currently working at the Aerospace Corporation, which is a national nonprofit that works across the entire space enterprise. So kind of helping solve big problems across everything in space. I've been at the company for about seven and a half years, but overall I've Gosh, graduated with my bachelor's in 2005. So I've been in a couple different places, um, kind of ended up focusing on systems engineering. And I actually work from home right now. So during the pandemic, um, an opportunity came up and it just worked out since we were trying to stay home anyway, which has been different for me uh, for the last three years. I've been supporting uh, one of our customers, NASA, at Johnson Space Center. So I've had the opportunity to travel down there. And so I'm currently um, supporting the systems engineering office for one of the brand new programs there, which is the EVA and Human Surface Mobility Program. Basically anything to do with the future spacesuits and the future mobility assets on the moon. That's like the coolest thing ever. (laughs) That's so cool. What does systems engineer even mean, though? That's a really great question. I feel like in recent history, you might have seen some new degrees pop up in, in the engineering field, even maybe graduate degrees or something that are more focused on systems. But it's kind of instead of having like a very deep technical knowledge, like in electrical or civil or some other like specific type of engineering, it's kind of more a broad look at how systems work together. And then how like for for space, for my example, is kind of how you might build a satellite or a space component uh, over a lifetime. So starting out from like the concept and then all the way through to operations. So it's kind of a way of thinking about things and early on when you're writing requirements for things to get built and then seeing it through to operations. And it just so happens that I kind of have that mindset. And so I've just kind of aligned myself to that type of thinking and that type of work. That's really cool. So how did you find yourself in this job? Was this something you always planned on doing? Did it happen accidentally? Tell us a little bit about the journey to get here. Yeah, I think things started solidifying for me. I always had an interest in space. I grew up in the state of New Hampshire and was inspired by Krista McAuliffe, who was on Challenger. So I always had that kind of little space bug. I just randomly got it. I don't know what, why or how I got it, but my My mom sent me to space camp for my 16th birthday and it's like I always wanted to go to space camp and kind of after that I was in high school at the time so I started pursuing like looking at where I would go to college and you know and that just kind of narrowed it down for me. I ended up at Florida Tech and I pursued space science so I have a bachelor's in science Um, I was really interested in like the planetary sciences. That's where I started focusing. And kind of on that journey in college, you kind of start thinking about, well, gosh, like what kind of jobs am I going to get? And, you know, I was more than halfway through when I realized that I might be more interested in aerospace engineering, but I did not change my degree. But I heard that you could kind of 
get jobs anyway right out of college. So the physics-based science degree ended up being a really good foundation for me to get a job anyway. And then the job and the career experience has been more on the aerospace engineering side. So really only the bachelor's is what was required for you to kind of get into this. That was what was required. Um, I did end up getting a master's degree while I was working. And so that is a hot tip for people is that you can get reimbursed every time you take a class to earn uh, advanced degrees. That is a hot tip. I love that. Once someone told me that, I was like, why would I do anything else? Like, why would I spend more money to then go directly to grad school and then have more debt? Like, yeah, it just seemed like an easy answer for me to pursue getting a job with a company where I could build experience. I love that. I'll also say like I had an internship. There was kind of a focus on students getting internships. And for me, uh, I was really like, I got to get one of these. Like if I don't get an internship, you know, my uh, roommate had an internship and I really felt a lot of pressure to get one. And I had an amazing one um, right before my senior year at Ball Aerospace in Colorado. Mm. And that was on a instrument that ended up flying on the New Horizons mission to Pluto. Wow. And I was just like hooked on being part of a mission. And so that really, again, kind of solidified, yep, I'm going to go get a job with a company where I can work on missions. That's so cool. Were the internships pretty competitive to get? We were in the early 2000s and there wasn't a whole lot of like guidance on how to apply for things online. Mm -hmm. So I ended up applying to a lot of random things online. There wasn't a sense of competitiveness for me at that point. Okay. I think it was competitive just because there also wasn't as many companies as there are now in that industry. But I ended up working with my alumni association. I was a student ambassador and so I knew some people there and I ended up um, also hot tip for people on networking like I decided to ask for uh, help from alumni was there any way I could reach out to alumni that had the same degree as me and that actually paid off and someone you know made this connection for me at Ball Aerospace so these hot tips man (laughs) well once you start down a path it just kind of you know it went its own way and I just went with it and just kept doing the things that made me really excited. I love that. So I'll also mention, like, ultimately, I was looking to be an astronaut. You know, I would do that. I would launch myself on a rocket. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your favorite part about the work and... What is your least favorite part? So now it's just being part of that Artemis generation and getting to be part of exploring the moon and then everything that came with Apollo. You've seen like the countless technologies and people that have been inspired. And so to just be part of the next wave of that with Artemis is really exciting. And then solving little problems for for setting up these requirements for these future systems on the moon. Like I spend a large part of my day using my brain to think through scenarios uh, on the moon. And so that is really satisfying and rewarding, I guess. That's amazing. Okay, so now your least favorite. I am kind of stuck at my desk. I look for opportunities to travel and to balance it out. And I can, I do have a lot of flexibility right now, but it is kind of a desk job. Even if everybody's together on teams or something, it's still like sitting at your desk for long periods of time. Sure. So what kind of personalities do you think would thrive in the day-to-day work environment that you're currently in? I really like this question. I took a training at work. It was called DISC, and I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's like kind of one of those personality training. Mm. Immediately when I saw the little quadrant of personalities, it's like Hogwarts houses. (laughs) You need a very well-rounded group of people. Like, it's okay that you're not 
a Gryffindor, <laughs> you know, it's okay because everybody brings their own different skills. And so that training just like helped me tremendously. And so now I think about it evenly, like it's okay if, you know, we have a lot of Ravenclaws, I would say, in <laughs> when you get into these very technical STEM fields. Mm -hmm. And so you learn a lot about yourself <laughs> and a lot about how to work with other people in the different houses. I love that analogy. <laughs> that was so good. I use it way too often in way too many professional settings. <laughs> but I think it's important to hear. So often we think there's this one fit of a person for a job, and it's really more about often the team and bringing your strengths to complement what's already there. I love that. Yeah, I'm a Hufflepuff. And so I work in a lot, a group of, you know, a lot of Ravenclaws. <laughs> it was a lot of self-awareness and uh, thinking about the different personalities and working through that. So what would you tell someone who is thinking about entering the field? I mean, I think go for it. I think it's exciting. Hopefully you'll find something that truly excites you and that you can be passionate about, whether it's that really deep technical thing or um, if you have an interest in kind of end-to-end -end missions, you don't always have the answers right away. I feel like I'm still... I'm like in the halfway part of my career and sometimes I'm still like, oh, what is it that I want to do? I still kind of want to be, a, you know, I would still be an astronaut if I could. Always wanting to learn and grow still, but then realizing that I probably have a lot of potential where I could mentor younger people as well. So I've been doing some of that. So yeah, I would say there's a lot of growth in this industry, in this field, and it's very exciting. So since you've brought it up twice, how would you become a astronaut? These days, there's a couple different ways besides just the traditional NASA astronaut route, yeah. which is where they put out a call and they take a number of applications and evaluate people. That has been around for a long time. And I think they've had just like record numbers the last time they've released the astronaut class. Really? Yeah. Just like thousands, like 42,000 or something like that. And I have my, my stack of rejection, <laughs> you know, but... It's, it's nice now to be working at JSC. Now you can also like the commercial flights are starting to take off with Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. So they're, hopefully that gets kind of more affordable into the future. Also going to be, I think, research, suborbital research positions. Back in 2011, I did a suborbital scientist research training where I got to go in a centrifuge and um, experience the G-forces that you would feel on a suborbital flight. So I was just like, man, the, the commercial industry is everything. And I don't know, that was a while ago and we're still kind of waiting for, you know, it's happening now. There's, a, there's been, I think Virgin Galactic just did their fourth uh, commercial flight this weekend. So it seems to be taking off. Everybody wanted it to happen a lot quicker. But yeah, you can be selected by NASA as one of those traditional kind of government astronaut roles or career astronaut roles, I should say. And then I think there's going to be a lot of commercial suborbital and even commercial LEO. So ISS is, you know, coming to the end of its lifetime. I think it got extended to like 2030. But I think we're going to see some commercial low Earth orbit stations and there'll be a lot of opportunities for commercial astronauts that way. That's wow. interesting. It's exciting. So how does this job fit within a projected career path? I think I found that I, yeah, have a unique background in that I have a science degree mixed with engineering kind of work experience. And I'm really happy at aerospace. I might dip my toe into, you know, engineering management or something like that as a next step. But definitely happy um, supporting like the Artemis program and everything. So I'm 
I'm planning to stick with that. Someone that might just know that they want to do aerospace engineering or like they really know I want to work on airplanes or something, right? They might do aerospace engineering and it might be a more direct entry level job right into what they want to do. Mm. There are paths. I mean, hopefully the, there's mentors and stuff in in college, like professors that have been in the industry, try reaching out to a, a number of different types of people with different backgrounds to find out. Now, you've brought up Artemis and people have heard about Artemis in the news. Is there anything you're allowed to share with us that's exciting that you've done with them? I was helping out on the Lunar Terrain Vehicle team for a little bit. They just released a request for proposal uh, and they're awaiting, they're evaluating proposals right now, actually. So they're going to be announcing over the next couple of months, like who won those awards or service contracts, really. So NASA is shifting away from actually building the things that go to space and they're just more managing and putting out service contracts oh. so that's something to keep in mind is that yeah there's different companies that bid on these opportunities and they get evaluated and then get awarded the contracts so it's a little bit different way of doing things versus they had in the past built some of the flight hardware themselves okay so just being part of that foundational program that's going to be you know a huge part of the surface operations uh, for artemis once we land some humans back on the moon has been pretty exciting. So what kind of benefits beyond just like getting paid does this type of job offer you? General 401k retirement and health, you know, all that typical type of benefits can take care of the family and all of that. At Aerospace, we have a great culture for uh, employee, like employee resource groups so that people can kind of get together and make connections, uh, lots of learning opportunities. We have like an aerospace university so lots of different kind of personal growth training and then also just technical offerings as well um, to grow skills in different areas. Okay, Allie, before we leave you, one last question, and this is a fun one. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what other type of career do you think you would gravitate toward? So some people are surprised to learn this about me, but I really struggled between choosing a career in space, in the space industry, or art. I was actually a really good artist in high school. I'm probably still a good artist, but <laughs> you know, my high school art teacher was so mad at me for not going to art school. And I almost quit freshman year of college and I went and toured the Art Institute at Fort Lauderdale. Wow. But I ended up sticking with space. So if I would be doing something else, I would be hoping to work at Disney Pixar and being an animator at Disney. Ooh. I thought it would be so fun to be part of that. So that's probably what I would try to be doing. And that's probably more competitive than, than getting into the aerospace industry. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool to know. But Allie, it was so good to have you on today. Thank you so much for being here. And this was really great. And we really appreciate yes, it. Thank you. Thank you. Career Chats is hosted by Katie Heddleston and Robin Coney. Show notes and guest info can be found on our website, careerchats.show. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, stay curious.